You're listening to The Big Show. They score! With Russick and Rose. He rips the puck off the bar and in. His second goal of the game makes it 5-0 Flames. On the official home of your Calgary Flames. Robbed by Markstrom. What a save. It's loose. And Markstrom makes another miraculous stop. This is Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Oh, hi there. It's Tuesday. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. Downtown studio on a chilly Tuesday, Calgary morn. Um, the Flames, uh, we saw something last night in Denver that we haven't seen since 2011. 11 goals scored in an Avalanche Flames game. Most goals scored since then. So it's 12 years since we've seen that. That's something. Also, uh, the Flames blew a two-goal third-period lead. That's no good. Oh, and the news gets better this morning on a Tuesday. Uh, Chris Tanev got knocked out of the game 15 seconds in by a questionable Ross Colton hit. I don't... Like, I've, I watched it a few times. You know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I don't like cheap shots. I don't like whatever. But Tanev does turn at the last second. It's because he's engaged with another player. Like, I didn't like the hit. And the problem is, later on the broadcast, they saw the hit that Colton threw on Luke Hughes. And absolutely, like, that was a cheap shot. So, obviously, he has a bit of a history. But I did not love the hit. Um, I'm surprised they didn't look at it, to be honest with you, because in, in real speed, when it was live, it looked like it was from behind, but, uh, that was rough, uh, for the Calgary flames last night, had to play with five blue liners, the entire game, essentially minus 15 seconds, almost gutted out probably one of the wins of the season, but no, uh, turnovers, uh, were the Achilles heel of the flames last night. They ultimately lose. 6-5 6-5 to the Avs in Denver. And now they play the back end of a back-to-back tonight in Vegas against the Golden Knights in a place where uh, they don't grab too many wins. Mm-hmm. But uh, last night's game was uh, it was interesting. At least it was entertaining. And uh, let's start with a hit. Like, sure. How dirty was the hit, in your opinion? Uh, it wasn't as dirty as the Cousins hit on Gabranson. It wasn't as dirty as the Evander Kane hit on Jonas Brodeen. Both ended up with some consequences, not necessarily player de- player safety consequences, but Brodeen got taken out by the hit from Evander Kane. That was right in the numbers. Evander Kane came in significantly quicker than Ross Colton. Then there is the, the Gabranson one where he takes... A, Nick Cousins takes a run at him against the backboards as he's kind of slipping out. Gabranson loses his mind. He ends up getting suspended yesterday for that. So I thought that going into this game, like if there was anything kind of even borderline, we might see it called just because, okay, this is starting to get a little bit crazy this weekend. Something that Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman talked about on their show, on their podcast, both mediums, they talked about it in nauseum. So thought, yeah, maybe the referees will be a little bit more inclined to call something like that. But sure enough, nope, right up, right out of the gate, 15 seconds in. And yeah, the, the hit on Luke Hughes is a little bit different as well. I, I thought the Luke Hughes one was worse. This one is tough because it's just the way he kind of makes contact with Tanev. He kind of bumps him up and it looks like all of the contact is with the head rather than... Yep kind of pressing yourself against the glass and absorbing it with your body a little bit more. Um, so it, it was a little bit of a tough situation, but I just thought given how the weekend had gone that there might be a little bit more from the referees and, and from the NHL there, but uh, obviously not. And and now you just hope that Chris Tanev can make it back sooner rather than later, but um, not good for a guy who's had a couple of, similar injuries over the last couple of years. Yeah. And obviously he's a big trade chip for your team. It's a bad instance and it put them down. And especially in the third period when the superstars for the avalanche started to cook, 
it really felt like the Flames were on their heels with those five defensemen. Yeah, um, again, we I, I don't know what's specifically wrong. It, it, it seems like upper body, which is so NHL, upper or lower body. It looked um, like he hit his head, George. Yeah, his head. It looked like his head glass. goes off the glass. Like, it looks like yeah. he knocked him. Like he he needed to get he help down the woozy. tunnel. Yeah. yeah, he had guys like, grabbing watch, his watch jersey down the tunnel. Or, it's yeah, like I, 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 we don't want to say it, but probably a concussion. Yeah, it's his forehead. Very like, smacks. and and you look him, watch him get help down the tunnel. They're trying to keep him steady. Yeah, yeah. that's not an upper body injury of the arm or shoulder. I yeah. thought no. it was maybe shoulder when I first saw it, no. and then. Again, uh, it, it's frustrating because he's a guy that's essentially the glue of the blue line, and if he's out, uh, that lives that leaves a massive gaping hole on this team. Um, very frustrating last night for the Flames. Um, there were some good players last night. There were some not so good players last night. There were some really nice plays. There were some not some good plays. That game literally had it all last night. Dan Bladar was in net. Obviously, it'll be a Dustin Wolf start tonight on the back end of a back to back. Also. Um, found out too what the what the illness is it's a stomach bug that's no good yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i yes. kind of assumed when you hear flu that it's yeah. a stomach yeah bug. no one usually says anything if it's a cold you can just play through it whatever Nobody right cares. once you hear it's a stomach thing you're like oh boy because we've all had those is- instances and at times of our lives but uh once you hear it was a stomach bug you're like oh god uh, the nice thing the, is must have been tough to play through i do find that a stomach bug usually lasts like 2448 whereas like a cold can kind of persist for a week I would say so that I'd look at that as a bit of a positive for sure that you can kind of flush it out real quick literally and figuratively yeah mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> and again I, I know why uh, some of the guys were weak uh, unable to play but uh, again a six five loss last night Chris Tanev's out when the avalanche start moving their feet and that top line is rolling over no, the boards every other shift. What what the hell are you supposed to do? Oh, and Makar was just... Well, him and Byram on that yeah. second pair. Yeah. Like, going into the, th- the last TV timeout, it was like, these guys are right on the ropes. Like, they are moments away from this completely getting away from them. Yeah. And and there was nothing that they could do to slow them down. That, uh, the, um, was it the go-ahead or the tying goal? The McKinnon breakaway was the go-ahead goal. Yeah, right. It was the tying goal where McCarr just absolutely just just danced Zary on that play, and McCarr is one of the best players on the planet. That's yeah, what it was he does. Not and an that's why he's going to period look. for number forty-seven. Yeah, but he, uh, I thought he was good too. Scored that nice goal, really nice goal, where he batted it in. Very mm-hmm. Shohei Otani of him. But um, yeah. yeah, Shohei Otani would bunt there. Yeah, um, I don't know probably. if he'd bunt. He'd probably kind no, of no. Dalton Varshow would have yeah. bunted there. Yeah. He bunted it into the goalie. Mm-hmm. That's what Dalton Varsha would have done nice. in that situation. But uh, Makar was incredible last night all over the S. He was like a big minus player before they came back in the third period. No, all it was was the superstar. Yeah. Like the, To me, the difference in this game was, like, this is a big game for Team Tank because you you have the Flames go out there. They play an extremely gritty first 40 minutes where they're able to get five goals they're they're getting stops from Dan Vladar. He's bailing them out in situations. They're they're down to five D. They're running bodies like crazy. And then you get to the third period. The the note I had after the first forty was look at these minuses. Makar was four on was four, four under. Well, yeah, thing in golf. Uh, Makar was minus four. Taves was minus three. McKinnon was minus three. Rantanen was minus three. That's not what you'd usually see from those guys. And they go out and they put on a show in the third period and they've got way more superstars than anybody in the NHL. Like you have essentially Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. You have a Leon Dreisaitl and Miko Rantanen. And then you also have Kale McCarr on the back end, which the Oilers have nothing even close to that. Nobody has that. Maybe. And they have Bowen Byram, who's kind of close, looks kind of similar. Yeah. You squint and you can kind of see it. That play he makes in the middle of the ice to set up the McCarr goal where he sh- gives Zari the shimmy shake? Yeah. Unreal. Um, watching Nathan McKinnon skate is just something to behold. Like, just the he's, like a, he's a rhinoceros. Yeah, the power that that guy has. Like, the difference between him and McDavid. McDavid, obviously, it's, it's the edge work. It's just how smooth he is and just the explosive power. But just the way McCarr just digs into the ice and just explodes, too, is just, it's just fascinating to watch. And that's why you kind of... 
You're just yearning for a best-on-best best competition. Let's see McKinnon and McDavid play together. Throw point on that line to be the fastest line in NHL history. Let's throw these three guys together. But last mm-hmm. night, uh, the Flames just let it slip. They had uh, five blue liners from the majority of the game and uh, blew a 5-3 lead heading into the third period when I thought the first period they played solid. They came out well after the Tanev injury. I like that Hannafin jumped on Colton right away because that's their heart and soul leader. I like that play. I didn't like some of the goals Vladar let in. Some of them were bad luck. And what was all the exploding sticks last night? How many sticks exploded in that game last night? Tons. It was wild. And the other part of that was the Avalanche couldn't hold on to the puck in the first period, like in the first 40. Like everything that went near their sticks was fanned. Shots, passes, everything fanned. And Brendan Parker asked Huska about it after the game. You know, you have a, a situation there where a broken shot goes off. Zari goes off. I think another Avalanche player goes right to Ross Colton for that first goal in the third period. Later on in the frame, you have a two-on-one. Nazem Kadri with an opportunity. Stick explodes on him, and the puck just dribbles yep. on net, and you get nothing out of it. And that was the bounces in the third period, but I don't know. To me, that was just the top players of the Avalanche took over, and, and when that happens, there is very little that any team in the NHL can do to slow them down. A two-goal lead is not that much for that group. When um, they're going over every other shift, it was something to behold. Uh, uh, credit uh, Jared Bednar and the Avs for pulling Georgiev, who, who stunk last night. It wasn't good. Yeah, that Coleman goal can't go in. That was just a little wrister that he's got to have. Um, but again, they, they make the goalie change. Uh, they end up winning 6-5. A ton more on this game. Uh, we have a lot. We have a lot of guests coming up today. Today's show is absolutely rammed with guests. Uh, Nick Kiprios, um, the co-host of uh, Real Kipper and Born over on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network, joining us at the top of the hour. Eric Francis, the franchise at 7.30. And then our big show Flames analyst, the Cobra himself, Brent Cron in studio. Oh, he's bringing a guest at 8.30. Just, you know, Stanley Cup champion, newly minted hockey hall of famer mike vernon yes sir in studio i want i'm gonna have like a a mike vernon themed 12 days of christmas text question coming up at the top of the hour but right now my man patrick has got some aew tickets to give away we gave some yesterday with some hardcore wrestling questions that i would never get any of these in a bajillion years i don't think i would either you got you got like a got a wrestling theme for today oh yeah yeah, wild thing. John Moxley. John Moxley? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah AEW's rolling through Calgary uh, July 10th, 2024 at the Scotiabank Saddledome, AEW Dynamite and Rampage. I'm going to ask you a multiple choice question. Winner, I'm going to throw you, you get the right answer, I'm going to throw you in a randomizer. And we'll pick you. Okay. The question is, of Adam Copeland's former wrestling personas, which of the following isn't one of those personas. A, Conquistador Uno. B, Sexton Hardcastle. C, That's a great name. Adam Impact. D, Terrorizing. Which one of those is not oh one of God. Adam Copeland's former wrestling personas? Text that in, 960-960 with your name and location. Hmm. We'll throw you into a randomizer and you might win some AEW tickets. Uh, Coming up around 7 o'clock. What was that? Stiff Rock Castle? What was that? Excuse Sexton Hardcastle. Oh, Stiff Rock Castle? Is that what, what that? you just Four said? names. Conquistador Uno. Sexton Hardcastle. Listen. Listen. Adam Impact. Terrorizing. Listen, Miles Wood is up there, too. <laughs> with the avalanche. Yeah, he's got a good name, too. I like that. Like, if that doesn't sound like, like what? a specific occupation. Like what? Oh, yeah, he should be an adult to America. Oh, why? Hey, oh. hey, I was, well, come on. I'm a little platter. Well, I was like Peter I actually, I actually kind of needed that one. I was I was a little stumped. Who? I'm not familiar with that name. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> get your questions in. What time is it? <laughs> get your questions, uh, your answers in. 960, 960, name and location. We're going to give these tickets. You got to say the name. Don't just say D, Dustin. Yeah. You got to say the name. Yeah. Say the name. Give it one more time. Which one of these personas is not one of Adam Copeland's former wrestling personas? Conquistador Uno, Sexton Hardcastle, Adam Impact, Terrorizing. Okay, 960-960, name and location. We'll give those away before 7 o'clock yes. this morning or announce the winner right at 7. Yeah, just but get all of those yeah. in. You have until, you know, just before 7 to win the tickets to the AEW event at Scotiabank Saddle Dome, uh, which is coming up in July 
during Stampede. So we're giving tickets away all day. Today is day number seven. Yes. Okay, good. Day number seven of our 12 Days of Christmas, courtesy of our good friends at Wild Rose Brewery. We're going to unleash the text topic at the top of the hour. Awesome. And it'll involve huh? Hall of Famer Mike Vernon, who we think will be in studio. Hey, he knows the address. Yeah. Is that in Google Maps? So Brent Cron has, Brent Cron has, has hooked this up. Cron called me last night. He's like, you, you got it. You got Vernie's coming in, right? I'm going to bring my jersey. He's going to get him to sign. Okay. So, so Vernie's coming. Like, he's coming in. He's coming in. All right. It's not over the phone. Not over he's going to be in studio. Yes. All right. Our day seven of our Wild Rose Brewery 12 Days of Christmas will involve the newly minted Hockey Hall of Famer and, of course, the goaltender on the 89 championship team. For your Calgary Flames, uh, he'll join us, and I'm sure he's going to regale us with some tales of when he was uh, Brent Cron's roommate. Yes, when Cron was a rookie, I'm sure he remembers those very vividly, or maybe not at all. But that's what we're going to ask Mike Vernon about, <laughs> as uh, the Cobra will be in studio. I wonder if the Cobra has the Cobra bites ready. Ooh, the game keys. He's the cobra, but I don't know. We got to figure out what oh, Cobra bites. <laughs> yeah. Cobra bites. I like cobra bites. <laughs> Cobra's the, yeah. keys to the game. No, no, I, I just really like cobra bites. Can I, can I, can I, can I, the full venom disclosure? for victory? You know what I've been trying to do this morning, and I've been trying scouring the internets. Uh, the what, internets. What, do you, what have you been doing? The I've been trying to find a, uh, a text to voice with a snake voice for Brett Cron's keys to the game. And I can't find one. You mean there's no AI of a snake speaking English? Yeah, that's oh. what I want. <laughs> okay. I want somebody in the snake voice doing it. A lot of slithering. <laughs> there's got to be somewhere on the internet. I don't that. know if there is. That snake feels kind of niche, or, George. Uh, I'm not going to uh, lie. That feels I'm pretty niche. niche. It's yeah. got to be there. No, it's not. Voldemort, I'm trying to find he, it. Voldemort when he turns into the snake form of Voldemort. Uh, in the, in can, you, can, you, can you get... Voice to text for that? No, I'm just, just oh. I'm just thinking of talking right. snakes and video in movies because I would basilisk. love to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to do that. That's a good idea, but <laughs> I'm an ideas man. You're probably you know the that. first one to come up with. Let's. What if a snake? <laughs> maybe what if I had like AI for, no, maybe, yeah, maybe one of the texty voices sounds like a snake. Oh, I'm yeah, gonna doubt I, it. I'm gonna doubt it. Got me a lot of. Got me a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the Cobra's keys to the game, something game. like that. <laughs> Why don't like you just do that? That, nah. that just works. Yeah, but I can't do it. The Cobra's keys. Why can't you game. do it? I like that you do it. Yeah, because it's no, not very but, good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know it's not very good. Yeah, but, but it doesn't I work like it. if it's me. We'd have to have somebody outside of the show to do okay, it. Okay. Well, I'm sure we can find somebody to give us a little <laughs> for this show. <laughs> Maybe. All right, so the yeah, Cobra's the snake from Robin Hood and Walt Disney—that's a good one. <laughs> is, that's a, is there that's a, a quality. Is there a, can I snake character? Can I text to voice that one? No, no, that's we're gonna, I'm looking we're, for. I think we're just naming movie snakes. Okay, now. great, that's fine. <laughs> but I need one. To Top do five it. movie snakes. Send it in right now. Uh, well, nine six zero nine six zero. Snakes on a plane. I'll count as one. George yes. will buy you a prize. They're all one. We'll pick our favorite. The anaconda from Anaconda. Okay, <laughs> that's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it a snake or a serpent? <laughs> well, yeah. Now we're getting into semantics. The like, can I choose the, the rainbow? Can I choose the, the basilisk? And the serpent in the rainbow? I don't know. Was there a snake in that movie? I don't know. That's I never just saw an old movie from like the eighties. All right. Uh, I think we're gonna break early because you got a lot to do in the Rose Report. It's fat. It's it, yeah, that's what I mean. It's meaty. So we got to get to it because Monday we nights. gotta be on time today. Yeah. Like, we got to be on time because we, we're giving away AEW tickets right now, 960-960, with Patrick's nearly impossible question. And then we're also going to unleash our text topic at the top of the hour. We have Nick Kiprios, Eric Francis, the Cobra in studio, and then Hall of Famer Mike Vernon at 830. Like, we got a busy show. If you like hockey, today's the day on the big show. A lot of hockey talk. Oh, yeah. Heaps like we're, hockey like, talk. Yeah, we're yeah. literally talking about nothing else but hockey. Mm-hmm. Or maybe if you can send me uh, a text to voice in a snake voice, <laughs> that would be great. Because I'd love to use it for Brent Cron mm, coming up at yeah. 8 o'clock. Yes, without a doubt. We'd love to do that. That's the big one. Uh-huh. All 100%. right. Um, also, real quick, um, did you see how cool that ice deck looks? The ball arena in that one corner. Ice deck? Is that like a party yeah, deck? Yeah, those people eating in the corner. There's no. like the little two tables, ice and it's deck. like... Ball arena. Yeah, it's 
a good spot. And they're I, having like there's tables set up and they're eating and Hey, that's the future of arenas, man. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good spot. I You didn't no. notice that on the broadcast? No. Oh. Not really. Uh, there's also something I want to talk about Blake Coleman's mom. So oh. we'll do that straight ahead too. Okay. Because she was rocking out. Yeah. All right. Uh lots to do. Uh it's the big show. It's George, Matt, Patrick, GVP, Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems, downtown studio, top of the hour. Nick Kiprios, the host of Real Kipper and Board on the Sportsnet Radio and Television Network. Flames lose 6-5 last night in Denver to the Avalanche. Uh, Blake Coleman's mom was in the stands last night. And uh, when they were playing this song in the arena, she was rocking out when they showed her on the broadcast. She was feeling this song. I got to give her a shout out. What's her yeah, name? She should. Blake this is a Coleman's great track. Mom. Turn it up a little bit, GVP, while I look this up. Sandy Coleman. What a name. Sandy and Rusty. Yeah, Sandy and Rusty. Uh, <laughs> no shout out way. to Sandy Coleman. <laughs> it's Rusty Coleman and yeah. Sandy Coleman. Love it. Yeah. That's just. Yeah, Sandy and Rusty, uh, their goal is to watch they Blake play in every. Eh? Oh, yeah. Uh, play in every NHL arena. He's born three weeks before me. Wow. Neat. Rusty? No, Blake Coleman. <laughs> Man, you're old. Yeah. Now, my favorite thing ever when it comes to ages and stuff was when Brett Favre came back the last time and when, like, Ryan Longwell and who else went down to Mississippi to dodge him on the private jet. Oh, Jared Allen. Jared Allen, right? Yeah. And then uh, Favre said, uh, I was bouncing my grandson on my knee. I go, yeah. Brett, you're 41. Why do you have a grandson? It's killed, a little young, no? <laughs> it's killed Mississippi now. So. It's a little young, no? To be a granddad? Well, he had yeah, his... Wait, he had like, his, like he I don't want to I don't want to judge. No, he had his daughter, his first daughter, when he was like 19, 20. Pretty yeah. young. I'm just saying, today, yeah. in today's world, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a little young to be a grandparent at 41. Nowadays, yes. Yes. Yeah. Not back in the day where, yeah. you know, life expectancy yeah. was like 50 and you're already like, check, please. But like now... More, more kids, more, more yeah. chances to have success. Right. <laughs> but now it's like, oh, Brett Favre bounces his grandson. I'm like, Gr- you're That grandson's probably playing football now. Probably. Probably has a laser <laughs> rocket arm. Hell yeah. <laughs> Stay away from charities. Though, yeah, Brett don't, Favre's don't take grandson. from the state of Mississippi. Um, all right. Uh, there's a big-time note in our um, rundown here that Patrick crafts it together. Uh, Tanev hurt. Frowny face. Yeah, that was a big one. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I got it. Like, I know what that means. Game story. Mm. <laughs> All right. Uh, one more time for your AEW question before we dive into the Rose Report. Yeah. What is uh, what is Adam Cop- of Adam Copeland's former wrestling personas? Which of the following isn't one of those personas? A. Conquistador Uno. B. Sexton Hardcastle. C. Adam Impact. D. Terra Rising. Okay. Yes. Nine sixty nine. 60 uh, name and location to win. Uh, Patrick will, uh, if you get the right answer, he will throw you in a randomizer and we'll announce those tickets uh, right at 7 o'clock. And we'll also unleash the text topic coming up at the top of the hour, day number seven of our 12 days of Christmas, courtesy of Wild Wars Brewery. We got Nick Kiprios, we got Eric Francis, we got the Cobra in studio, and Hall of Famer Mike Vernon in studio at 8 30. But right now, it's time for the Rose Report and it's brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10%. As my voice cracks on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Blue. Matty Rose. Oh, good morning, friends. Welcome to your Tuesday. Flames and Avalanche yesterday into Vegas tonight. How? Mm-hmm. Plus some suspensions handed out yesterday. We got Shohei Otani's contract details. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Hmm. And a two-banger treat from the NFL. And over and and it is good! You know what that sounds like to me, George? Slap! (laughs) No, darn, I wish I had that. That's, hmm... (laughs) I wish I was ready with slant. Let's see here. Slant! There it is. Yes. Damn it. Good one. I'm going to keep that for the rest of the week, I think. Yeah. Slant! Yeah. Slant! <laughs> uh, start with the Flames. Kicking off a three-game roadie with a stop in Colorado. Another game against Vegas tonight and then Minnesota Thursday. Before they return home to battle the Bolts for Hockey Night in Canada. Busy four games in six days. 
Lennar got the start. Coronado came out of the lineup for Pospisil and Zeri was bumped up to the top line. So a shuffle of the top six, Zeri, Lindholm, and Sharon Govich, then Kadri, Manjapani, and Pospisil. Backland line and the fourth line stayed the same. Goals aplenty, so we'll get right to it. Rough start. Chris Tanev goes down after taking a hit into the Ugh. boards from Ross Colton. Um, like I talked about earlier in the show, Jeff and Elliot talked about how we might see a crackdown on these type of hits after the weekend. There was Vander Kane on Jonas Brodeen, which resulted in an injury for Brodeen. There was Nick Cousins on Erica Branson. And there was this one now, which leads to an injury to Chris Tanev. No call on this one. It wasn't bad as the other two. Bad spot for number eight, though. Did not look good. How about the group opening up the scoring for a second straight game? Steal by Coleman. Coleman drops it. And Kadri shoots it and scores! He stretches his point streak to four and picks up his team-leading 19th point of the season. Sure does. Yeah. Um, I like the start from the Flames. And uh, by the way, Greer was, was sneaky good in that first period, too. But uh, Coleman, that beautiful backhand pass to Nazem Kadri to set up that goal was, was a thing of beauty to give the Flames that one nothing lead. Very nice. Turnover for the Avalanche ends up in the back of the net. Ranton in the turnover. Flames are up one nothing on Kadri's seventh. Kadri turned it over at the blue line later, leading to some extended zone time for Colorado. Tatar wide open in the slot. He's able to beat Vladar. It was tied at one after the first period. Great second period for the Flames as well, although it did start quite quite poor. Kubido turnover leads to a Hannafin penalty, and a Makar one-timer finds the back of the net about 90 seconds into the frame, but the Flames got that one back. And up to the near side to Gilbert. Slaps it behind the net to Kadri. Centers Majapati. Scores! On a beautiful feed from Nazem Kadri, Andrew Majapati one-times the pocket of the Avalanche net. So sixth of the season for Manjapani. Flames tied about two minutes in. Swap power plays, but no goals there. Then a simple-looking rush would lead to the second lead of the game for the Flames. Blake Coleman, an innocent-looking shot. Oh. That beats Alexander Georgiev through a Kale McCarr screen, and the Flames led 3-2 on Coleman's eighth. But the Avalanche would get it back later in the frame. Some bad D-zone coverage. Ben Myers is able to get his first with five minutes left in the second. Another Pass from behind the net to the slot that Vladar didn't have much chance on. Tied at three, but the Flames with a late push in the second period. Here's a sharp angle shot by Weger. Bouncing puck, Zeri scores! Mackenzie Weger took the shot, and Connor Zeri swatted the puck past him. Slips it near side to Hannafin. He wheels in, takes it behind the net, turns in front and centers. Jared Goldman scores! Yes, sir. A couple really nice plays. Weger gets the shot on net for the first one. Connor Zeri not only tips it on net, he pops up the rebound into the air, and then he knocks the rebound out of the air. I think Beautiful. it was three or four puck touches off of one shot from Weger. He's able to get that one to go, and then Hannafin with just a great move down the wall around Nathan McKinnon, finds some room, finds Sharon Govich on the back door. And it was 5-3 after 40 minutes of play. Yeah, that was an incredible play by Connor Zeri. And again, he, he continues to be an exciting player for the Calgary Flames. I, I think through uh, just past the quarter pole of the season, however you want to say it, we're, we're heading into Christmas here. I think he's been the, the nicest surprise of the Calgary Flames. I know A.J. Greer was the found money and you picked him up on waivers and he's a very solid fourth-round player. Although I didn't realize he was such a high draft Zari pick in the Avalanche. Zari was among one of the final cuts of camp. And yeah. That's the best part of it. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I feel like his his play, his ability to, to, to make plays on his own, individual plays. Connor Zeri's been really a nice surprise for the Calgary Flames. Maybe the nicest surprise so far this season. I don't know if there's another a lot of other options. There isn't. I, it's, it's like pretty, Markstrom it's pretty bounce blatant. back? No. no. I, we, I think you we all knew. Markstrom we, to be Yeah, back. that, that yeah. Okay. I, I said that was going to happen all summer. I was trying to be positive. No, it's the only surprise, um, but that's kind of why they're in a spot where they are, right? Like, it would have yeah. been surprising if maybe Hubert was a bad play, but that's not a good surprise. Most surprising, no, though. No, like, well, yeah, he... Patrick's going to give the stat line for Huberto in a minute. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting. But again, it's yeah. It's quiet th is what it is. That's it's something we'll ask Gary Francis. We'll ask the Cobra about Connor Zeri because he's been, and deservedly so, got that bump up the lineup last night. Got to think that the stars of the Avalanche went into the locker room and weren't happy looking at that very sta same stat sheet that Jonathan Huberto did not really... Um, 
Well, there's not a lot of marks on it. Kale McCarr was minus four. Devon Taves was minus three. Miko Rantanen was minus three. Nathan McKinnon also minus three. Georgiev swapped for Prozvatov after allowing five on 22. And as I said, the Stars came out to play for Colorado. Zari had a tough turnover on a cross-ice pass just outside of the blue line. That ends up on a Ross, uh, as, as a Ross Colton goal. Made it about 5-4 with about nine minutes to go. Shortly after that, McCarr hits Zary with the shake and bake at the blue line. He gets the puck through. Ranton and knocks the rebound home. That tied it. And then Hannafin with a bad pinch. Literal moments after what seemed like a very safe dump and chase play from Michael Backlund. Somehow Nathan McKinnon ends up on a breakaway. Yeah. He scores the game winner. He beats Dan Vladar. The Avalanche rattle off three straight in a dominant final 10 minutes of the third period. And they win 6-5. to five. Yeah, it's not ideal. It has to be losing a defenseman early like that. But, um, you know, the hard, the hard part in a game like this is you, you score five goals, but you, you can't give up six. So there's mistakes that we made that we have to correct and, and fix in our own zone. There's no doubt about that. Simple plays with the puck got, caused us a lot of problems uh, in regards to the chances against tonight. So we, we have to clean those areas up. That Nathan McKinnon goal... Um, the Hannafin pinch, Uyghur throws himself out of the play as well, and then you leave the most dangerous yeah. player on the ice by himself, one-on-one with Vladar. Can't really fault Vladar there, but... I, so, I don't know. You also many... need to save sometimes. I don't know. Come I, on, that's like speed, we, we, Yeah, <laughs> yeah you like, can say you... all this stuff, but like <laughs> yeah. there was nothing they could do. Like In too... the third period, the Stars took over. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the, and spe- the blue line was tired. They're having guys playing way too many minutes. Like, the speed was so evident. This yeah. is also an extremely physical game. Like yeah. As much as Tanev went down the first 15 minutes, you had Hannafin going down blocking shots. You had Uyghur blocking shots. Block shots. Solovyov took a stick to the throat at one point and stayed on the bench, was able to Keep playing while he took a check to the side of the head. Also, 98. Ooh, welcome to the NHL. How about that? Like, it, it just looked to me like a half hour. There was just one of those games <laughs> where I don't know what more you can do when these superstars start to play like yep. that. Like, what, score four more in the second period? In a game like that, I just trying to find the take the positives with the way the Flames are set up. I mean, Dennis Gilbert probably had his best game as a Calgary Flame last night. Yeah, he was good. He always plays good, good going back to Colorado. Yeah, like um, four block shots, over 20 minutes of ice time. Like You know you know my favorite part about Dennis Gilbert's game last night? When he blew up Jonathan Drouin in the yeah. second period. And then they were mad like he's <laughs> going for the glove. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to slash him, and then Gilbert's like, nah. Yeah, get and out of here. And just knocked him right down. And then turned around and was like, all right, what are we doing? Yeah. The I- concerns with the 6-5 game are what we say with the stars. Like yep. Lindholm, donuts, Huberto, donuts. SM means missed shot. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. So he had one yeah. shot. Yeah. Go wide. Sorry. Was just, MS. Can you just read yeah. the entire stat line? Uh, of Jonathan Huberto. Zero goals. Zero assists. Zero plus minus. Uh, zero That's shot. Incredible. One shot miss. Uh, one block shot. Uh, Sixteen forty-four vice time, and he lost his only faceoff. They didn't count the turnover that led to the Hannafin penalty either. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't credit him with a giveaway on that either way. But uh, and yeah. even you talk about Gilbert. I, th- I thought he was solid last night. Soloviev again, but that's what you get from a young defenseman. Makes some really nice plays, gets exposed in some instances as well. It's just for for everyone who wants to say, hey, Trey Tanev, get the picks, get some prospects. That was the ghost of Christmas future uh, last night on the Flames blue line with <laughs> Chris Tanev. That's what it's going to look like. Because it's Oscar uh, laying the lineup tonight if, yeah, if unless, Tanev can't go. And again, like we we don't know where, where Shillington, if, even if he plays this season, I don't think you can count on him to play this season. But maybe that's potentially a hole that gets filled. But last night, for everyone saying Trey Tanev, Trey Tanev, Trey Tanev, that's what it looked like. You're like, you have that top pair of of Anderson and and Uyghur trying to do everything. Then you got kind of Hannafin on an island on his own there. And then that's pretty much it. And you got a lot of young guys and a lot of inexperienced guys on the blue line. That's what it's gonna look like without Chris Tanev. We know the buckle fl- up. We I know also- the flames aren't great with Chris Tanev without him in the lineup. Yeah. I, I don't know the record offhand, but it's, it's well below 500. Yeah, especially the immediate game after he yeah. comes out of the lineup. Yeah. He's usually last year, especially those yeah. were it's like 0-5. tough ones for boom, the boom, blue boom. line. The yeah, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by this entire thing because if they do trade these two defensemen, I have to assume that if you're bringing money back, you're going to say, can we just get a defenseman? Like, even if it's your, even if it's your seventh body? guy, yeah, like we just need. 
somebody that can come up and play. But like like you said, there are some good things that come out of that. If you're Connor Zeri or your you know, uh, Ilya Soloviev or your Martin Pospisil, you come out of that game and you go, oh my goodness, that's what an elite team who can win the (laughs) Stanley Cup looks like. That's what I got to prepare for down the road. Got a good taste of it. Holy smokes. Be ready for the next one. Oh, by the way, it's tonight and it's against Vegas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one and eight all time in Las Vegas. Oh, good. They won 7-2 there last year. Eight o'clock start down in Sin City. That's what they call it, George, because you can sin there. City that never sleeps. Yeah, uh, uh, obviously it's going to be some Dustin Wolf tonight, so that'll be interesting. And maybe we get a Tanev update. Oh, yeah, probably not. Uh, um, An update, I would say yes, but uh, a timeline, mm, probably not. Uh, Jeff Merrick's show goes at 10 o'clock today. Fan check down, talking all things NFL at noon. Sportsnet today at 1 o'clock. Real Kipper and Bourne comes up at 3. Flames talk at 4. Flames talk pregame at 7. Flames and Golden Knights go at 8 o'clock. Three other games yesterday. We'll start with the Leafs and the Islanders. John Tavares returning to the island where they're not a big fan of his. Entered the game at 998 points as well. New York got out to a 3-1 lead, but then Tavares scored his eighth of the season. That made it 3-2 and gave him 999 points. Then with the Toronto Maple Leafs trailing late. And Tavares wins it cleanly. Back to the point. It goes to Willie. Willie with a shot in on goal and deflected just wide. He'll get a second chance at the pointer shot. Rebound in front of the goalie. Score! Morgan Riley has tipped it in. And did John Tavares get the assist he did? The Leafs have tied the game. And the captain has a 1,000 points to send the game to overtime. At least it doesn't sound like he's in a closet anymore. Uh, the team poured over the boards. I hate that. Yeah, It's six seconds left. You just tied the game. There's still like... Th- I, I don't like that. That wasn't. The- you, you want something? You want something to make you laugh? Uh, go back to when the NA, the Stanley Cup playoffs were in the seventies and like early eighties when guys used to score in the playoffs. The entire bench used to come onto the ice and celebrate. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, could you? No wonder that- games took like eight hours. <laughs> could you imagine if that happened in today's game? Ugh, I couldn't like a watch playoff it. goal and everyone just piles on the ice like yeah, and then they all get back on the bench. Oh, yeah, I can't do that. It feels like such a waste of emotional energy. Yeah. Like it, it, a preposterous waste of emotional show, energy. Right? Yeah. Well, how did overtime go? Now a long lead pass. He has it up on the left wing. Two on one down low. Matthews shot rebound in front of the goal. And it's knocked away by Sorokin. And now it's going the other way. Here's Barzell. And over the line. Saucers it off to Horvat. He ah. scores. <laughs> Tell us how you feel, Pat. <laughs> You pick your poison. The Leafs had a two-on-one going one way, and when it didn't work, the Islanders had the two-on-one going the opposite direction. And a nice pass by their superstar, Matthew Barzal. And Horvath is able to tap it home to win it in overtime. Ruins it for Johnny T. <laughs> Johnny Tirana. thousand points, but they do lose in overtime. 4-3 the final score. They're used to that, though. Elsewhere, Buffalo was hosting the Coyotes. All Buffalo in this one. The Coyotes have now lost three in a row, guys. Still in a playoff spot, but uh, Oilers chomping at your heels. Careful, boys. (laughs) 5-2 the final score. Other game, a bit of an interesting side storyline. The Stars, they were a team with interest in Patty Kane. He ends up going to the Red Wings. Dallas hosting Detroit yesterday. He had no points in the Stars one. Still not the eh, Patty. He got one goal in their last game. Oh, he did. Okay. He did have a goal. Okay. Yes. Um, so unfortunately, there wasn't like an opportunity for some poetic justice. But nevertheless, Stars win again. Shocker. Quite the schedule tonight. Leafs, Rangers, five o'clock. Hurricanes, Senators, also at five. Coyotes and Penguins will go at five on Sportsnet West. Red Wings back to back. They go into St. Louis tonight. That'll be against the Blues at five thirty. Flyers and Predators at 6. The Blackhawks visit the Oilers. That's an 8 o'clock start on Sportsnet West. Panthers visit the Kraken. Lightning visit the Canucks. And the Jets take on the Sharks. Is that every Canadian team in action? My goodness. A lot. Except for the Habs. Yeah. Mm. Um, Also, suspensions. (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Start with the bigger of the two. David Braun suspended six games. Over the weekend, Dylan Larkin took a high hit. He was down on the ice unconscious. He's the captain of the Red Wings and obviously David Perron's captain. Bit of a two-way hit from Matthew Joseph and Parker Kelly. I was talking to GVP. Like, watched this one a bunch of times. 
don't really know where he went lights out, but yeah, it, was neither, like, it wasn't a big hit from Joseph. No, it just it's one of those where he probably got him on the button. Yeah, is kind of what I'm thinking, yeah, right? Where you just yeah, and then lights out. Artem Zub is standing over Larkin after the play was done. Perron didn't see the incident. He assumes it was Zub. He just goes after him and absolutely cross checks him in the face. The NHL gave this ruling yesterday. He takes several strides towards Zub, raises his stick with both hands pulls it back, extends it, and delivers a forceful blow to the head of Zub, knocking him to the ice. This is cross-checking. Facts. Thanks. Can we? Does that guy do a snake voice? So Who we do is it that guy? You still lurking, looking for that? Is that what you're <laughs> no, doing I mean, over that there? No, I mean that guy. The, 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 uh, the, the Dops the, guy. The, yeah, the whatever dops? he is. The guy with <laughs> no um, player safety? Yeah. This is cross-checking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Matthew Joseph was initially given a major on the play, downgraded to a minor, kind of a freak injury, but Larkin is headed to the IR for Detroit. The Red Wings also put JT Comfort and Clem Costin on IR, so they had the emergency recall three players ahead of that mm-hmm. loss in Dallas yesterday. Might have been a reason why they lost to. Mm-hmm. Um, they also suspended former Flame Eric Goodbranson one game. He was hit from behind by Nick Cousins over the weekends, then after he got out of the penalty box, um, because he went after Cousins after the hit. He took matters into his own hands hands and essentially uh, jumped Nick Cousins. Uh, The NHL also handed down their ruling. Cousins skates into the Blue Jackets zone with the puck on the rush, with Goodbranson defending. Cousins passes the puck to a teammate. After he does, and completely disregarding the rest of the play, Goodbranson grabs Cousins, takes him to the ice, and throws a series of punches directed at Cousins, who is an unwilling combatant. Unwilling combatant, turtle... Tomato, tomato, whatever you want to say. Gabranson gets one game. Nick Cousins got nothing, which is ridiculous to me because Gabranson could have had an injury worse than yeah. Tanev's on that play, but that's fine. Yeah, and I like how angry Gabranson got up in that instance, too. I am a massive fan of Gabranson, was when he was here. Hated that hit from Mick Tuz- Nick Cousins. Just a greasy, greasy hit from one of the greasier dudes in the show. Yeah. And... Um, He's pissed off. Didn't want to answer the bell. Turtle. Gabranson beat the brakes out of him. I don't know if you guys noticed, but the athletic therapist took their time getting out to see Nick Cousins when he was down on the ice. Maybe that was just me. Anyways. (laughs) uh, Shohei Otani. Did you guys see his contract yesterday? A little bit of deferred money. We're seeing gaggles of women. Yeah, and piles of money, but not as big as we thought they were going to be while he's in L.A. He's going to make $2 million a year as salary for 10 years. All of the rest of the money is going to defer until the 10 years are up and paid out through the years 2034 through 2043. What this does is it makes it way easier for the Dodgers to manage their payroll and he'll avoid the uh, the California taxes on 680 of that $700 million because the assumption will be he'll be back in Japan through 34 to 43 and so California is not going to get that sweet, sweet tax money on that 68 schmill a year for you know, Otani. You know who loves this? Lou Lamorello. He goes, this is a very smooth way to circumvent <laughs> yeah. the salary cap right now. Joey Otani, Ilya Kovalchuk, whatever. But uh, this, could you imagine if the Blue Jays did this? Doesn't this? Oh, the, the MLB would hate, everybody would hate Jeff them. Blair said, like, hey, uh, yeah, this kind of stinks a little bit. But again, super smart by Otani and his representation because he's going to make gobs of money in Japan with all his advertising and all this other stuff he has on the side. Otani's going to be fine when it comes to cheddar. And then could you imagine getting paid $68 million a year after you're done playing? Even Bobby Bonilla's like, bro, that's a good deal. <laughs> that's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. Like Bobby Bonilla's yeah. contract will end. Yeah. Shohei's will begin. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Isn't like, that nice synergy? Yeah. You're back-to-back years. But he's only going to yeah. get $2 million dollars from the Dodgers like like again how is that allowed it like it's just it stinks and it just adds another like slap in the face if you're a Jays fan something it absolutely stinks. does yeah because one of the things here that a lot of Jays fans like if you're picking at straws and being like hey what's one thing here is that at least this contract's going to destroy their ability to compete because luxury tax and all that jazz and, and now it's like oh well okay yeah. they're just never mind they're going to keep everybody and okay Right on. Really good. Really good. Monday Night Football yesterday, George. Hey. There was so much action on the go. These two games were actually good, and they actually came down to the wire. Yeah, why do they do two games at once? At least stagger them. I don't. I have no idea why they picked this random Week 14 to do it. 
Like, like I like Monday night double headers. I'm and all like about random, that. There's a lot and random games. It was a yeah. lot to follow last night. Uh, Will Levis and the Titans into Miami to battle Tua and the Dolphins. Titans led 10-7 at the half. Dolphins had lost Tyreek Hill as well as their starting center. Titans were gifted a couple of touchdowns in the second half. Pardon me. The Titans gifted a couple of touchdowns to the Dolphins late in the second half. A muffed punt, then a fumbled pitch from Will Levis to Derrick Henry. That led to a couple red zone starts for the Dolphins and a couple of Raheem Mostert touchdowns. But the Titans weren't out of it. Levis got the ball back with less than five minutes. He quickly led a drive into the end zone, and then they converted for two points. They were down by six. Defense goes on, forces a three and out, and they only used two timeouts somehow as well. Will Levis leads another drive down the field, and they got down into the red zone. Give Henry turning the left side, diving. Yeah, the big man. After the PAT, the Titans led 28-27. to The next drive for the Dolphins, very uninspiring. Devastating loss for Miami. Not really. They're still going to be yeah. fine and get into the playoffs, but maybe ruins home field advantage or something like yeah, that the, down the line. They had the chance at the one seed last night uh, yeah. if they were able to win that one. Uh, taking Tyreek Hill off the field completely messes everything up for that Dolphins offense. Well, he's the most dynamic player in the National Football League. And just when I said to Charles Davis yesterday, who doesn't want to rematch a Super Bowl 19? You know, Niners and Dolphins. And then again, they do that. You know, It's like the AFC is so wide open yep. right now. Like who's the best team? There is no number one team in the AFC. And it's funny and it's so quarterback heavy in the AFC. Like, any team that gets hot in the AFC can probably get to the Super Bowl. Like, is Baltimore you just the need best to have team a right now? You just need to have a healthy quarterback in the American are football the, Are the Ravens? Yeah, I, I mean, the Ravens are, are plucky that they can hang around and they've game. also blown a lot of leads. They've blown to the Colts. They almost blew into the Rams there last week. Like, uh, can you trust the dra- drags? Can you trust the Jags? No. Ravens, no, Jaguars. That's a tongue weekend. twister. Uh, the Ray, okay, the Bills, like they're fighting for their playoff lives. The Chiefs' offense, I like is the struggling. Bills when at home in the playoffs. Of the yeah. teams that of the AFC teams, I thought Buffalo had the best weekend of the AFC contenders. Uh, yeah. I think. Even I think. your Bengals with Kurt Browning, even they're like it's even they're plucky. They're, they're going to be fine. They're going to be a playoff team. They Den- might go. They might go all the way to the big game. Denver's, no Denver's Look out. a game Kurt back. Browning? Denver's a game back at Kansas City. Put some respect on my guy Jake. Would you? Excuse me, who, Patrick? That's Kurt the Browning. Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos. All right, now Jake Browning's great. Okay. I can't believe they lost and we had a fullback hurdle. Unbelievable. <laughs> Other game of the Giants and the Packers. Turnovers really the problem for the Pack in this one, but they still hung around. But in the end, Tommy DeVito just keeps on leading the Giants down the field. Gave had, them a chance at had victory. The family tailgate. Oh, they gave all those cutlets. It's... Oh my God! I was in heaven watching that. There's <laughs> another point that I want to make on Tommy DeVito. But first, how the game ended. Right of the long snapper. Snap is good. Kick on its way. End over end, and it is good. And the Giants have beaten the Packers, 24-22. How about Tommy DeVito's agent? <laughs> the pinstripe suit, the Oh, fedora. my goodness. Wrong answers only. What does that guy do for a living? 960-960. Please send him in. Any guesses? Uh, Import-export? Yeah. <laughs> Import-export. Uh, works the door at the bada bing. Yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good one. He's the muscle at the bottom. Bank. You dig shallow holes. <laughs> Fantasy playoffs start now, guys. Yeah, hey. Did you guys get into the playoffs in your leagues? Uh, uh, two or three, yeah. yeah two two or three? or three? Two out of three. I got one out of two, so there All we right. go. Yeah, I had one Which bad one? year. Flames uh, Media League? I got in, in yes, the, the oh, Flames Media League. Oh, everybody's seven and seven. Yes. yes. What? We literally have six teams that are seven and seven. Oh, wow. And all Very. of them, all of them won. Except for Me. Derek Wills, he dropped from sixth to tenth and out of the playoffs. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I was I was seven and six heading in. I was already clinched the spot, but Maddie beat me. He needed a win to get in. Yeah, and Peter wow. Klein oh sat David Njoku instead of Dallas Goddard. Would have got in on a points tiebreaker oh, if, no. he had, if he had. He still won these yeah, games, but, but he needed his points tiebreaker. Goddard was going to be against Njoku. no against Njoku. Like I would have played Goddard over Njoku. Yeah, Njoku was a good matchup against the Jags. Yeah, but he also had Joe Flacco and I just refused oh, to believe in right. that. 
He well again. You, he doesn't deserve to get in the playoffs if he started Joe Flacco, to be honest. With no, you. I mean the Browns started no, Joe okay, Flacco. Well, hey, you can't spell. The Browns have won four. He's elite. Uh, uh, Super Bowl MVP Joe Flacco. Games, Put you know, some respect exactly. on that man's you know, okay. name. He's, he's, he's they've won four games with four different quarterbacks yep. this year. So. In the other league I'm in, John Bender got a raw deal. Uh, there was a whole. Uh, there is seven teams that are eight and six in this wow. league. All seven teams that are eight and six won this week. Yeah, Bender won. Still didn't get in. Wow. He's the only pl- wow. team that did not change positioning. That's enough fantasy football. Okay. Raps recap with GVP. What's up? Uh, Back and forth game in the Big Apple yesterday, but a late fourth quarter run made by uh, New York's bench would give the Knicks the edge, and they win it 136-130. The final, Julius Randle had 34. Canadian R.J. Barrett chipped in 27, and Quinton Grimes had a season-high 19 coming off of the bench. As for the Raptors, four guys with scoring uh, 20 points. OG Ananobi would lead all Raptors with 29. Dennis Schroeder was the other notable. He had 20 and 10 assists. Raptors will head home to host Atlanta Hawks t- uh, tomorrow night. Tip off at 5:30. You got to trade P- uh, Siakam here, I think, in the next month or so. There yep. was a report that there was only one player that's untouchable, and I believe it was Scotty. Yeah, oh, that's the only one that makes sense. That was the, that's why they didn't yeah. get Dame. And and you know what? Uh, again, like what would Damian Lillard has been struggling with Milwaukee? Oh yeah. Like, and I'm surprised because um, Masai and Bobby, they love OG Ananobi, too. Yeah. Like, they love they want to OG keep Ananobi. Him. But if you're the Raptors, you wait till the deadline to trade Siakam. But who knows? They'll probably be in a playoff spot, too. I don't it's know. It's a mess right now. It, they're not Yaka good. And Pirtle paying them $20 million for what? They're not good. Giving up a first-round pick? I don't know. Also, yeah, the Lakers are in that mushy yeah, middle, and you're screwed in the NBA. Like, Pascal Siakam's a great player, but he's a great compliment. He's a good two or a three. Yeah, he can't be a one. Like, look what he was on how... the championship team. He was, he was the third option. It was Kawhi, Kyle, and Siakam. And he was great in that playoff run. He's just not a one. He's an all-star. He's great. He'd be a great two. There's a lot of teams that could use a two like Siakam. Oh, yeah, 100%. But not a one in the Raptors. And you take him out of the lineup, and the team is significantly worse. Oh, yeah. Significantly. Yeah. Because he's not so, only eats a lot of minutes, but yeah. getting a, lot a lottery pick wouldn't be the worst thing. No. Uh, also, the Lakers are raising a banner for the NBA. Are they really? Yeah, yeah. They and are. the fans are not happy. Are you uh, happy? It's kind of mixed feelings. I think it's kind of cool. It's the first tournament thing. You know, it's the first okay time they've won it. It's, you know, they're going to do this for a long time, and then it's going to mean more and more. So yeah, why not? Yeah, okay, yeah. All right. Okay. Teams like the Flames have hung Pacific Division banners and stuff like that. Before. Yeah, I don't like that, but. Mm. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Manny. The Rose Report is brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, choose Motorworks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street, Southeast. Straight ahead, uh, Patrick's going to announce the winner of our AEW tickets. We're going to unleash our text topic for day number seven of our 12 Days of Christmas, courtesy of your friends at Wild Rose Brewery. Uh, we'll do that, and we'll talk to Nick Kiprios. And we'll talk to Eric Francis at 7.30. The Cobra in studio. Hall of Famer Mike Vernon at 8.30. My God, it's a busy show. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.